Good afternoon. Welcome back. Hope you had a great lunch or a great few minutes of relaxation or whatever you might have chosen to do between the morning service and this afternoon service. We'll continue in the study that they were having this morning on praying and what prayer isn't and what prayer is. If you'll remember from this morning, prayer isn't what? Negotiation. Prayer isn't us saying to God, tell you what I'm going to do. You do this for me, and I'll do this for you. Many years ago, I worked with uh, teenagers as a youth minister. And several lessons... I taught them in a devotional setting about purity and what teenagers, uh, the parameters that teenagers set in their lives when they're dating and how to remain pure before God and stay away from the sin of lust or from sins that, can, that we're tempted to... Uh, enter into as young adults or teens. And this one teenager called me and said, part of the youth group, and he said, Mickey, are you at the office? And I said, no, but I can be. And I met him at the office, and he was all in tears. And he said, I just heard some news, and I wanted to admit to you that I have not remained pure, and neither has my girlfriend. And to make a long story short, I said, well, what do you want? And he told me what he wanted. I said, well, then talk to God about it. And so with tears in his eyes, he sat down there in my office and me praying with him and tried to negotiate with God. God, if you will just do this for me, I will never miss a service of the church. I will never do this again. Not until it's right. Well, we got up from prayer and I taught him about what he had just prayed. He said, well, I didn't mean it that way. I said, did you mean it like you said it? Or did you try to negotiate with God? I said, let's suppose God does not give you the answer to your prayer. Let's suppose He gives you the other answer. What will you do? Will you leave God? Will you not come back to a service of the church? He said, oh no, I didn't mean it that way. I said, well then, okay. If you didn't mean it that way, if you meant to be a Christian, no matter what, no matter what God's answer to your request would be, you be the same young man, no, not the same, the different young man that you promised to be, regardless of what the answer is. About three or four days later, he called me with joy in his heart that God had answered his prayer to his request. And I reminded him of all the promises he had made to God. Prayer is not negotiation. Prayer is a way of life for the Christian. When we confess Jesus and we 
experienced the new birth in the waters of baptism. We went down into that water. When we came up out of the waters of baptism, God recreated us, adopted us as his son or daughter, forgave us of every sin that we've ever committed, every thought, word, or deed that we've ever done that's been amiss. We then promised God in our conversion that we would be the Christian man and woman, boy or girl, that he wants us to be. And that's till death do us part, or as long as we both shall live, type commitment. And regardless of what happens to us as a Christian, shouldn't that remain our commitment to Christ? Whether we're on the top of the mountain or in the pit of, the, of despair in the valley, shouldn't we still have, be faithful Christians? Prayer is not negotiation. Prayer is a way of life for us. It's something that's our faith in God that remains. Then we ask Him, give us the answer that we best need. Do we need to win? Then, Father, help us to win. Do we need to lose? Then, Father, help us to be, help us to lose with grace. Father, give me this job. But Father, if this is not the job that will bring glory to you and peace in our hearts, then I don't want this job. Let it be no. And so we can accept God's yes or no. We can accept, we can accept winning or losing. We can accept passing or failing. When it comes to these details of life, things seldom go the way you think. All of the time, if you're serving God, they're better than you think. Even if you don't think it's better than you think, it's still better than you think. And I'm preaching to myself more than I'm preaching to you. Cindy often tells me, Mickey, you're the one preaching it. If you preach it, you've got to live it. Isn't that true? If you're going to teach it, God will... God will make sure you're the one that's out there in the front. If you're going to preach it, you've got to live it. So prayer is not negotiation. It's me showing my faith in God. It's real living. Prayer isn't for emergencies only. Prayer is life. It's much more than what we do. It's who we are every day. It's acknowledging God in every activity of our life. Now, let's look at number three and number four. Number three, prayer is isn't just a dream come true. I prayed about this, and look, it's a dream come true. Prayer is not a dream come true. It's not a, a fantasy. Regardless of what some uh, TV preachers and uh, these preachers that only preach success. You know, if you follow Christ, everything you do is going to be a success. And they'll even take passages of Scripture out of context. Like uh, Psalm 1, 
Blessed is the one who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinner, nor sit in the seat of the scornful or scoffer. His delight is in the, in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bearing fruit in season, whose leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Woo! Now let's go out here and be a Christian. And then we go out into the workplace or school, and man, we, we got a test that we haven't studied for. We have a, progr a program or a project we haven't prepared for, and we think, well, you know what? I'm going to ace this because I'm a Christian. And we fall on our face miserably. And we go, wait a minute, Brother Mickey, you told me whatever I did will prosper. No, prayer is not a fantasy. It does not take the place of hard work. It does not remove personal responsibility from your life and mine. If you want to pass a test, you've got to study and you've got to study hard. God will not give you the answers. But He will certainly give you peace. He will certainly give you in ways we can't understand within us a peace and a wisdom and understanding of what we've studied and the work that we've put into it. He will help us sort it all out in order to relay that back to the test. God will do His part. Rest assured, will I do mine? Prayer is not fantasy. Prayer isn't a dream come true. In Acts chapter 12, very interesting passage. Herod killed James. John, you know, James and John. James had been killed with a sword. And because the Bible says it pleased the Jews, Herod proceeded to take Peter and locked him up with four squads of soldiers. A squad, from what I can read, is four soldiers. So he had four squads, that's 16 soldiers, that were chained to Peter and surrounded him. Do you think Herod thought he was some sort of... Man, you're talking about a criminal. Really? Sixteen men just to guard one gospel preacher? And that wasn't enough, was it? And I love the passage of Scripture. I think it's verse 5 that says, after, after uh, Luke writes about James being killed and then Peter being arrested and chained in the inner part of the prison with a, all these four squads of soldiers. The next verse says, But constant prayer was being held by the church for Peter. And then a certain time of the night, quiet in the night, an angel touched Peter, woke him up. He didn't know whether he was dreaming or it was real. The chains fell off of him. 
and he followed the angel out through the prison. Doors opened on their own. And he found himself outside the jail. All the while, the church was meeting, praying for Peter. What were they saying? Lord, please spare Peter. Peter is a chosen vessel to you. He's, he means everything to us. He's, I mean, he's the, he's the one that preached on the day of Pentecost, Lord. Help him. Don't, don't let him end up like James. Herod has, you know, I don't know what, they maybe went around the room, you know, as we do sometimes as a church, each one taking a part of prayer. And they were just continual, says constant or continual prayer was being prayed for him, was being made for him by the church. Well, Peter walks up to, to the meeting place of the church. If you're a Bible student, you, you remember this story or this biblical account of what happened. And Peter knocking on the door. Who could be at the door at this hour? It could be that one of the members said, it could be one of the soldiers, don't go. Look, we, gotta, we can't stop praying for Peter. Peter kept knocking. And Rhoda, a young girl, maybe a teenage girl, went to the door. Who's there? Peter. It's a, you can't, I mean, his voice is recognizable. Everybody knew Peter's voice. Simon Peter, it's me. Open up and let me in. Rhoda, rather than opening the door, went back to the church and said, Peter is at the door. And, the, and members of the church said, Are you, you're beside yourself. Come back in here and pray. We're praying for Peter. And she's like, but Peter's at the door. And they went and opened the door, and guess who was standing there? Peter. Prayer is not a dream come true. Prayer is not a fantasy. Prayer is real. Prayer, to a, prayer is real to a God who's real by Christians who are real. How many of us have said God moves in mysterious ways? Have you ever said that? I, I say it all the time. God moves, and we even sing it. God moves in a mysterious way, His wonders to perform. We sing that song. And we say it, you know, God moves in mysterious ways. He does. He moves. He's mysterious, which doesn't mean, ooh, you know, it means we don't fully understand it. We don't understand how God moves and the choices He makes in life why we have to go through some of the things we have to go through and why we don't get to go through some of the things that we want to go through. We don't fully understand that. Prayer, though, is not a fantasy. It's not a dream come true. It's a plan. The church prayed. Why should we be surprised when we pray that God answers our prayers? Well, well, it's a dream come true. Well, no, it's not. This is real. It's not a dream. It's not a fantasy. It's not... Yeah. It's just real. It's really happening. I mean, how many of you, if you're like Cindy and me, sometimes we look at each other and say, how did we get here? And we're talking about it in a positive way. 
Why us? Why? How can we be so blessed? Well, because we serve a living God who loves us. Who's, and sometimes we look at each other and go, how do we get here? Oh, no. How, you know, we do look at it that way too. And we say, well, we serve a living God. We can't get into anything that we can't get out of. We just keep serving Him, keep loving Him. He'll show us the way. He'll direct our path. Prayer is never a substitute for work. It's never a substitute for effort. It's never a substitute for living life. We had lunch with one of our guests today who's a dental student. He's just starting his first year in dental school. And I reminded him of the point this, that we made this morning in how prayer is not a negotiation. I said, one of these days you're going to have a test. Don't expect to not study and not prepare and not put forth the effort and get there to take the test and say, well, you know, Brother Mickey said, you know, if I pray about it, God would answer my prayer. And no, that, God's not going to do that. He will help you. He'll give you wisdom and understanding. He'll calm your spirit. He'll do all of those things that he, that he alone can do. But He's not going to work for you. He's not going to do that which He expects you to do and fulfill you and me, our responsibility. It is arrogant to fuss with God because we don't get what we want. Wah, 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 or pout. Because I didn't, God didn't answer my prayer when I asked Him or, or how I, in what way I asked Him. But equally, it is sinful to not go to God to pray. We still need to pray. We pray before we put forth the effort and while we're putting forth the effort and after we put forth the effort. We pray, God, help me to maintain my place. Remember this past Tuesday, one of the things I learned from Greg's lesson when, when Jesus said to Peter, after Peter had just said to him, while you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, we all know that. A few verses down, Peter, Jesus says, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die, and I'm going to, be, I'm going to rise again the third day. And Peter says, oh no, far be it from you that this would happen. And remember, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You don't, you're not thinking of the things of God, the things of the Spirit. You're thinking of things of man. And, I'm, and I've often said that he was talking to Satan and, and, and literally and figuratively in the way you could say that. But he's also talking to Peter. And, and, and the idea that Peter was in front of Jesus. Peter was trying to lead Jesus. Can you ever think do you ever think that you would put yourself in front of God so that you would put yourself in a position to tell God what to do? Now think about that. Who in their right mind would stand in front of God and say, God, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> I mean, let me tell you, I wouldn't do that to my daddy. I have never... <laughs> And, and I'm 59 years old, and Daddy's 82, and I wouldn't do that now. 
and I could. <laughs> but, but no, I wouldn't. If my dad was here, I, I wouldn't say, now, Dad, this is what you're going to do. No. Now, I may want him to do something that he needs to do, and I would talk to him in a way to do that, but I wouldn't stand in front of my dad and, boy, I'm definitely gonna, not going to tell God what to do. Because, you know, if I ever told my dad what he was going to do, what, you know how he would look at me? Boy, you know who you're talking to. And he would do that right now, as I would my children, as my children do to my grandchildren. Buster, let me tell you, you're the son and I'm the dad. You need to remember that. Well, would God need to do that for us? Remember who I am and who you are. Let's get behind him and follow him. Let him take us where we want to be. So like I say, it's arrogant to say, God, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fuss and whine because you didn't give me what I want. But it's also sinful for us not to talk to God about what we want, the desires of our heart, what we think we need, and then give it to him. Now then finally, number four, Prayer is not resignation. Well, this is just the way it is. I guess this is where God wants me to be, right here. So I'm resigned to the fact that my life will never be any better. Do you know who God is and what He can do? I mean, we quoted Ephesians 3.20 two or three times already today. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. God has given us as His people all that we need to accomplish all that He desires in us. Is there ever a time where you stop growing? Is there ever a time where you, you've got enough education? You know everything you need to know? I was teaching a teenage class one time, and I announced the subject, and we're talking about uh, helping them to, to, to learn to teach. And one of the teenagers said, I already know how to teach. And I went, hmm, how old are you? She told me her age. I said, so at your age, you already know everything there is to know about teaching? And then she took a step back. She said, well, I guess you can always learn something. And I was thinking, mm -mm. that mother and dad, they got a handful. I already know everything I need to know. We're always growing. We're always changing. I mean, I'm 59 years old and still taking courses to learn toward another degree. And I don't ever see myself not being a learner, learning more, 
to be better for God, to give glory to Him. Prayer is not resignation or resigning the fact that I can't ever be any different than I am. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, that's the verse we just quoted, the verses we just quoted. Make that a, a prism in your life. You know, a prism is thing a light goes through, and then all the colors come out. You can shine your whole life through. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask and think according to the power that works in me. I got this. And God is working in my life and I'm going to give glory and praise and honor to Him. I'm never resigned to the fact that I can't grow or learn or be any better. Same way with prayer. I've prayed about it and okay, I'm just going to leave it to Him. Well, prayer is not resignation. Prayer is conversation. Have you ever prayed just talking to God? Lord, it's me, your son. Boy, it's been a beautiful day. It's been a great day. The church met together. Oh, it was so good to remember Jesus, your son and our Savior. When we took that bread... It, I thought of his body. We took that cup. I thought of the blood that he shed. Father, I know it was hard for, for you. I don't see how you were able to sit up there in heaven and see human beings do that to your one and only son. But somehow or other, you loved us so much that you could. See, see that's just a conversation. We didn't ask for anything. We didn't ask for intercession. We didn't ask for supplication. We didn't even say thank you. We're just talking about it. If you have a child, do you enjoy when your child says to you, Mom, can we talk? And you could tell... This is, this is one of those times. Or Dad, you got a minute? Son, I've got all day for you. Well, let's just talk. You know, I've mentioned before times my dad would, even when I was grown, he would come and say, Son, jump in the truck. Let's drive that right out to the farm. That was a time that Dad and Son just talked. This is what's going on. This is what's being done. How are you? You doing this? Are you doing that? Cindy okay? How about the kids? Just conversation. We'd go out there and he'd count the cows and check the barn. We'd turn around. Sometimes we wouldn't even get out of the truck. Turn around, drive the 10 or 11 miles back to town. Okay, about 20 minutes, dad and son. Just having a conversation. It's not resignation, it's conversation. Some people pray never expecting God to answer. They say, well, the Bible says pray, so I better pray. That's resignation to the fact of obedience to God. What about just talking to Him? Prayer is believing in God. It is earnest, passionate 
positive expectation. Earnest. That means you're sincere about it. It's from the heart. It's passionate. You mean it. It's positive. It's edifying. It's with grace. It's looking forward. Expectation is, is faith. It's believing in the relationship. It's believing in Him as He believes in us. It's working together to make the world a better place. That's what prayer is. It's what we do when we pray. Prayer is eternal hope. It's hope for me. It's hope for my family. It's hope for our community. It's hope for the church. That's when Christians pray, it's hope. When we stop praying, what does it say about how we feel about God? When we don't pray, what does it say about how we think toward God? When we pray, what does that say about how we feel toward God? When we pray, what does that say about how we think toward God? See, I want my wife and my children and my family to have their hope in me. I'm not going to let them down. I, it, would, it would bring me to tears to think that my wife and children and my family couldn't depend on me or have their hope in me. What would that say about me and my life? Well, don't worry about talking to Daddy because, you know, <laughs> we just got to plan this ourselves. And if he wants to be a part, I guess he can, but we can't hope in him. He's let us down too many times. No one can say that about the living God. No one can say, God has let me down too many times. Now, we may say it, but it's not true. Because God has never let any one of us down. Have we ever let Him down? Probably. He had never let us down. Well, it's, it's high time for us in our relationship with Him. Remember, prayer isn't resignation to the fact that things are just going to be like they are. No. Prayer is us having conversation with God, the creator of the universe, and He can create all things even for us here at Waterson Trail. There's hope of greatness. God has not let us down. Our ministers have not let us down. Our elders have not let us down. God is in everything and moves in mysterious ways but ways that are real and for our good. Do you want to pray so that your prayers get results? Then remember, this is, not, this is what prayer isn't. This is what prayer is. Then when you pray, pray with those in mind. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. 
And as I know, I'm preaching to myself as much as I am preaching from this podium. Then we're going to just walk with God and let Him bless us. It could be that there's one here who has yet to name the name of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you're bearing a load of sin, a load of the things that you've said or thought or done in the past that is weighing you down, causes you so much pain. You can, you can let Jesus wash those things away from you. Wouldn't that be great? To be able to walk away from here free from sin and to have that knowledge and the promise of God? It could be as a Christian, you've not lived the way you should. Make a change. It ain't over yet. As long as we got one breath, take one step, we're going to do that. Because we serve a living God who's perfectly able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even imagine. May God help us to do that very thing. If you have a need, you can come as we stand together and sing.